0: and gentlemen welcome to eat sleep suplex retweet
1: hi how's it going yep yeah, yep yeah, you guessed it you're listening to ESSR, ssr and it's a feature show and it's wrestlemania 22 baby big time i'm on my way to making it before we get into <laughs> Of Sleep we go back to show one on Eddie Guerrero work all the way back up we've now got Central with Ross McLeod but if you can see past the host it's a good show you've got <laughs> Quest Showdown, you have Saturday Draft Live you have all this great content in the network so make sure you go and check it out and go check out Peter Gabriel's back catalogue also, um, but I need to, we're going to introduce my panel today, Wrestlemania 22 is the discussion topic, and this is a man, he hasn't been 22 in some time, but he still looks like it, alright, this isn't an episode of six in the city, I him Mr. Big, alright, it's Gary Cairnick, how are you Gary? Oh, David, you, you say all the nice thing. Yeah I know, I know, this is actually, this is the one time I mention it, it's my last feature show here ladies and gentlemen, and Gary... I'm just so happy you could be here to share it with me, You're breaking my, You're breaking my heart, Campbell,
2: all yeah.
1: over again. I know, I know, but there are three other people here, less important, but I do need to introduce them. <laughs> um, first up, he's a man I described before the show as Huffy. Uh, complacent and moany. Uh, he's up past his bedtime, it is Jack Graham. How are you?
0: <laughs> very well, very well. I'd be tucked up in bed. I'd already be asleep for two hours by this point, but it's, it's WrestleMania 22. You said it yourself, Peter Gabriel's big time. One of my favorite matches of all time on this show. So I couldn't could not stay up to speak about it. So I'm, I'm glad to be here.
1: We do need to clear the elephant in the room. Like the fans have
0: been asking, the Listeners League has been asking, when
1: do you actually go to
0: bed? It would be about now. Be, I'd like so right. Let's let's talk about it. Right. So the football's on right now. Arsenal Liverpool. Right. The first half just yeah. ended. I'd go up to bed and I'd watch Sky Go in the second half. So I'd finish about ten and I was like about half 10, 11 o'clock. So it's not it's not as early as some may think. You know, I just I just like being in bed.
1: Fair, fair. Don't we all. Don't we all. Um, anyway, speaking of this, I don't know why I wrote this intro. <laughs> A man whose schedule was more busy than Edge and Lea he- uh, and Heat, it's Chris Murray. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I, I just want
3: to almost tell you the exact opposite of what Jack just told you. Uh, I went to bed last night at quarter to midnight. I got up at quarter past four. I'm here with you now at ten past nine. And I'm going to try and go to bed as soon as we're finished to then get up at quarter past four. So, yeah, Jack, you're going to live much longer than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have much less fun. He's on Saturday Draft Live. And next up, he's a man who <laughs> I'm still indebted to. The last time I was on these airwaves, I've filled in the last minute in the What If Show. And you know what? He proved to me that day that at the last minute he can talk out his arse. Can he do it with preparation again today, as Billy Strachan?
4: Oh, I'll, I'll certainly try. But no, I've been. I've done over hundred podcasts now. I'm doing good at, at speaking absolute nonsense to fill the airwaves. So <laughs> I'll. I'm sure I'll do it again if you ask me some wonderful questions about. Oh God, there's some absolute. If the boogeyman, if you ask me about the boogeyman, then I'm going to have to play the big guns well
1: listen before we get into the main show uh, Billy and we will get to Boogeyman eventually there is a match that I do have to bring up from the pre-show and I can hear one of our panelists getting all giddy already because they used to do a battle royal at WrestleMania in the pre-show right they on through the giant before it was they pretended it had any meaning and in this particular year's inter-promotional battle royal Gary Kernighan can you tell me who was the winner of this particular match I thought you'd never ask! The man, the legend, Viscera! Viscera! Viscera was the winner of this Battle Royal Last Eliminating, uh, Mr. It's Not My Fault Gene Snitsky. Uh, It truly was a main event in any building uh, that you go to. Uh, So if you want to check out all six minutes of glory that was Viscera's Battle Royal winner at WrestleMania 22, check it out. The one thing, Jack, I'll actually come to you on this. The one major complaint I have about this show is that you didn't give any love to the young guns of Eminem, who had really taken the <laughs> tag team division by storm. They were stuck into that battle royalty. Do you think they should have tried to find a wee, a wee place for Eminem in the main card?
0: Oh, absolutely. I believe there's probably someone someone else in the show that could have booked them at a really, a really good place in, in WrestleMania's gone by.
1: <laughs> I love it, I love it. But we are going to get into the opening match of this show. Now, sometimes you want to put your workhorses out first for an instant classic. Not here. It's the tag team title match of Big Show and Kane versus Carlito and Chris Masters. Now, Mister Chris Murray, a name very similar to Chris Masters. What did you think when you you sat down to open this show? You've got through Michelle Williams singing America the Beautiful, and this was the the opening contest of this pay per view.
3: Yes, similar in name, similar in body, of course. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I, I was very excited because normally. For you guys at ESSR, what I'll do is I'll go away and watch four weeks of television ahead of any pay-per-view review, but uh, on account of the previously mentioned schedule, I just thought, actually, let's just sit down and watch WrestleMania 22 and just and just take it in as it happens. And uh, This was a great decision because as soon as it started I was like, oh yeah, I forgot, this is one of my favourite WrestleManias ever. I said at the time, I was like, that's the best mania since 17, and it's pretty much the best mania until like one of the thirties in my opinion, but Carlito and Chris Masters came out and I was like, oh, brilliant gimmicks of the era. And then the Big Show Kane remix came on and I was like, oh my God, that's this era. Um, I was, right. I didn't love this match because how could you? It was like an ugly child, but here's what I did like. (laughs) I liked the whole big guy throws folk around gimmick. Now it's not getting done loads in current wrestling you've maybe got Omos but it's it's like uh, he's always fighting like jobbers and it's not quite the same as like watching Big Show pick up Carlito by the hair onto the apron and then pick him up into the ring I was just like the big guy gimmick that has a lot of legs for me and uh, yeah it was good to see spoilers it was good to see Kane and Big Show getting the win Big Show was on a pretty bad run before this he had lost to Mankind, lost to Triple H, lost to Kane, lost to Undertaker alongside a Chain lost to Cena and lost to Akebono. Finally, he
1: gets the W. Yeah, he gets the W alongside the big red machine, something I think Scott McLeod would appreciate, but Billy, I need to come to you because you look at that tag team of Big Show and Kane, they, they did it again years later in the Authority and there, there couldn't be anything less over if they tried, but at this time, they were actually a very effective over unit as Chris is saying, people like the big guys throwing folk about were you were you a fan of this pair?
4: I, I really enjoyed this match um, it, it, it gave me false expectations for some of the rubber stuff later but um, Kane going all cruiserweight uh, in the early going with his his drop downs and his his drop kicks I was all in for loved it Um, this was just a big silly family friendly this is a show you go when you go to a a local show where 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 just uh, your family-friendly show. This is what you got. It was silly miscommunication stuff, um, silly bollocks, pretty much. Uh, it, it was just fun. Um, and like you're saying, 2005, just coming out of that. Of course, your big Survivor Series run with Kane and uh, Kane and Big Show, uh, demolishing uh, SmackDown regularly, uh, going over and just uh, choke Batista on a car and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, Kane and Big Show, you could you could hardly go wrong. And um, when they were teaming up, it was always a lot of fun because, like like I said, I just loved Kane being the small guy and doing the small guy offence. It was just ace. Yeah,
1: fantastic. And this was, this was my favourite version of Kane. Like, when I started watching wrestling, there were two favourite wrestlers. Well, three, Shawn Michaels, who we'll get to, Trish Stratus, who we'll definitely get to, and Kane, uh, I was a big fan. But, but, Gary, let's talk about the other side of the tandem. Maybe there's a school of thought here that... In hindsight, being 2020, Carlito and Chris Masters break up after this. They have a match at Backlash and it doesn't really work out main event-wise for either of them after that and it was clear that they were the two up-and-coming talents in the WWE at this time. Do you think that they should have probably went over Big Show and Kane this night? Considering that the Monsters of the Midway, as JR Christendom, dropped the tag team titles to the Spirit Squad uh, not the, the night after this, I believe.
2: Oh, what a sentence that is. Um, the, this felt like a Throwing together match, didn't it? Um, mm. Felt like didn't really have anything else to do with Calito and Masters because before that they had been, you know, they were in like the New Year Revolution Elimination Chamber and um, showing some promise. And I don't think either one of them was going to work as a, a face, uh, as it turned out to be the case then as well. But this match felt like it shouldn't have worked. It felt like it shouldn't have been the first. Match up in the show, but um, the crowd seemed really into it. I really enjoyed it. There's some really good spots in the match. Um, you know, Carlito getting crotched on the top rope, uh, Kane jumping over the top. Um, I think Billy referred to his cruiserweight exploits just there. A wee bit of um, you know the turnbuckle being exposed was a wee bit um, hidden away. Nobody really caught that. But Masters also catching Kane in the master lock when he came off the top rope. I thought that was fab. Um, this this felt like it should have been a disaster, but it was really enjoyable. Mm. Uh, but it made no sense uh, dropping, you know. Kane and Big Show getting the win this night and then dropping in the next night to the Spirit Squad. This makes absolutely no sense as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, indirectly, that Spirit Squad win led to Dolph Ziggler being an NXT champion in 2022. I don't know how, but somehow it did. Uh, but Jack and Gary touched on it there. The big elephant in the room at this time there was one finisher in WWE that was unbreakable. It was the Master lot Protected again on this night. Kane never overtly gets out of it. Big Show helps him out of it. The Master lock challenge the master lock was a really big selling point with chris masters but maybe the problem is there was never a real end goal with it it didn't lead to anything main event worthy for chris masters but a very good finisher nonetheless
0: i think it was just it was something that like when i when i watched this like i i looked forward to tuning in so obviously when you watch when you watch raw when you're young it would be on the friday like kind of dinner time about five o'clock so that's when i'd come in for school and i'd watch raw that week Mm. and i'd always look forward to seeing who would be up next to break the master like do the master log challenge and who could break it and see if i eventually do it so i think there was i think that was probably chris masters only ever decent use in wii was that it was like a a, a spot maybe folk could look forward to in raw for like 10 minutes and that and that was it i think there was not much much direction aside from that it's a bit shame because i was like now you know older wiser better looking version of jack's thinking there's more there's more you more, more you could do with that but as a, as a young guy i think watching it it's it's it, i think it, it filled its purpose pretty well yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and we do need to get on to the next match a tradition jack at wrestlemania was the money in the bank ladder match before he got his paper just a simple question to kick us off with this where you have, do you prefer money in the bank at its own pay-per-view or did you prefer it as a staple match at wrestlemania that's the question
0: um i am not a big fan of gimmick pay-per-views such as hell hell in a Cell, for example but i feel that money in the bank warrants one in itself because the way it actually holds in the terms of the, the rest of the wrestling calendar i would argue that it's a big four pay-per-view the Sarah survivor series i'm sure that's that's been discussed in a show somewhere somewhere before i can't quite mind but the other side of the argument is, 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 is this, this was a thing at wrestlemania back in the day but chris jericho said on a, a broken skull session once you either want to open wrestlemania or you want to close wrestlemania this is a show that sh- this is a, a match that should open wrestlemania and it and it hasn't so i always feel kind of what comes next after the first i'm just a bit uh eh. unfortunately it was this match even though it was very good it should have opened
1: yeah, and Gary is a very peculiar bunch in this match. It's Rob Van Damme, Bobby Lashley, Finley, Matt Hardy, Right Flair, and Shelton Benjamin. There are definitely people who feel like they belong in this type of environment, but there are wrestlers who let's just say the ladder match isn't their forte.
2: Yes, you wouldn't have really thought you'd seen Ric Flair and Finlay in a Money in the Bank match. I mean, like Jack, I miss Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. I I wrote down when I was watching this match, I I wrote down my notes and missed this. It was on for 12 minutes, it was mental, it was great, full of great spots. As well, Shelton's running on off the ladder, Flair's superplex off Mm. the ladder at the age of 57 as well and there was a great moment Campbell when when Flair returned and scaled the ladder and it <laughs> looked like he was going to win and the place went crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still bloody finally ruined it all but yes, two of them uh, uh, look really out of place here and who would have thought with the other four that they'd still be active all the, uh, well sorry, three of the other four uh, really active all this time later
1: Yeah, yeah, it's mental. Like it is, it's mental when you think about it. Um, Like Shelton Benjamin's still going, Matt Hardy, AEW, Bobby Lashley, high profile spot. WWE Champion until he got injured, you know what I mean? This was back in 2006, so, you know, still going strong, Bobby Lashley aging like a fine wine. But Chris, there was something in this match that um, I was very excited about because we have two great commentary teams coming together in this one. It's JR and King on the Raw side, Michael Cole and Taz on the SmackDown side. A lot of people, these are their favorite commentary teams, they fondly remember this era. It was good to hear all four of them calling the action here.
3: Yeah, that doesn't always work in WWE, especially there's been a lot of bad three-man teams that they have had. Mm. Um, Whereas these four actually worked really, really well together. I think that there was a lot of of kind of peak moments on this show for the era, and, and one of the things that was peak of this era was these two commentator teams, obviously. You know, um, Joey Styles would get involved when they did a, some mixing up of the shows. I think these four on these two shows, as they were, was just the perfect combo to to like jump ahead a little bit while we're talking about the commentators. Just that bit that I loved is, is like you can tell they're all just mates, and it's after the Michael's Vince match, which I won't spoil. But at the end, they cut back to Taz and Cole, and Taz is just like, "Oh man." The, JR that call was amazing. Who who were you supporting in that match, by the way? And it's just it's just brilliant
1: brilliant Vance. Brilliant Vance. That was so good. It was absolutely good. And there wasn't so stay with you for this because there was another thing I loved in this match, and Gary alluded to it, it was the Ric Flair spot. You saw it, the view time how effective this was. The what they called the Wiley coyote cap above the ladder <laughs> looking down. I love that shot. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I did
3: actually notice later in the match that when rvd wins the camera goes spinning in a circle which they obviously didn't account for and that's why you don't see a final shot um but see talking about production levels uh, and david i I know you'll be a fan of this because you're a man in in the tv biz when flair is taken out and then he comes back there was this tiny little shot that was about three seconds where flair locks eyes with finley and Mm. finley isn't like mad But he's almost like disappointed that Flair's coming back. He looks him in the eye and then shakes his head as if to say, me and you both know that you shouldn't be in this. And he's almost like saying, I shouldn't be in this either. This match is brutal. We've both fought wars over decades. Don't come back to this. And he goes out to the ring and meets him. It was just the look in Finlay's eyes and his face movements. I just thought was really, really good television.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I I completely agree with that. Like I can tell you, that show bottom to top. It's like like you said, this is my one of my favorite WrestleManias in the count. It's the first WrestleMania I ever watched. You know what I mean? So I, I remember that moment so vividly. And Finlay was so underrated for that. Those those great wee character moments from the man. He was just such a master in the ring. But the Billy, we need to talk about the result. Bob Van Dam becomes Mister money in the bank do you remember when you watched this show for the first time were you buzzing that you had seen rvd getting this opportunity considering the edge a similar fan favorite similar sort of upper mid carder had used it to get the world title shot rvd this time coming out and top. were you excited
4: um, oh yeah, I was I was buzzing for old Bobby VD to to win this. Um, he was, it was because after One Night Stand, of course, the year before, and of course RVD was injured, so he couldn't wrestle on it. There was always the simmering build to to RVD getting this opportunity, and of course, we know how it led to One Night Stand to, the following year. Um, so it was, I think RVD was by far the most popular uh, in the ring, even though Shell and Benjamin was doing his damnedest to to gather as many cheers as he could by doing these. Insane spots and yeah. and uh, doing all this stuff, uh, but yeah, it was obviously it was going to be um, Van Dam at the end of it, and a big frog splash to Finley. Um, just the sidebar, I missed so much this music growing up because um, I was 16 when this, well, 15 minutes happened. So this is like in my like wheelhouse of music. Like the opening had uh, Shine Down, I Dare You for the big opening package. <gasps> what One of
1: my and, favorite video packages. And, all time.
4: Billy, I'm with you on that. And this had, uh, of course, Matt Hardy's V1 Monster Magnet theme, and ah, oh, I, I had to create a playlist of Spotify as soon as I watched this match. Thinking I knew, I forgot about all these cool tunes when I was growing up. But back to the point, yeah, RVD <laughs> popular winner, very obvious that he was going to win, in my opinion at the time. But I wasn't, I wasn't mad about it. I, I watched the RVD win the WWE title, so I was, I was all for it.
1: I wonder if AEW could get the Knights to that particular Matt Hardy theme. I mean, they've got the Hardy Boys one already, folks. Maybe they could branch out to another. I do have to come back. I love that opening video package. The bit where it's like, was it Triple H, Michael's, Taker and maybe McMahon? And it shows them at like early in their career. And then they like where they are at this point in their career. It's really cool. Like, just really, really cool open video package. But we do need to get to the technical wrestling match on this show. And Bill- <laughs> Billy, I'll come back to you on this. We are talking, of course, about John Bradshaw-Layfield uh, fighting for the United States Championship against someone, Uh, no, it's versus Chris Benoit. Uh, Obviously with Benoit, there has to be an asterisk on everything we do when we analyze the performer because of the way uh, that his life ended. But focusing on sort of JBL at this point, say what you will about the man personally, that man knew how to get heat and pronouncing himself as the greatest technical wrestler in the world was just a really good way to rile up the smart fans of Chicago
4: oh yeah Uh, JBL was just he was I mean my notes for this match was battered each other and that was about it so yeah (laughs) JBL knows what he's doing when when, I don't know I mean he was was faced for a brief run through the APA kind of stuff but I think that was more because people like Farouk uh, more than they like Bradshaw but um, yeah he's just got such an easily punchable face and he's just ace Uh, but the match itself uh, they just they did a lot of Eddie Guerrero stuff which I found really kind of uncomfortable to watch and it was fairly uncomfortable when I started watching it because you know there's always like I say that asterisk next to Chris Benoit's name and it's just it was it was there.
1: Yeah I think it was there actually is a very fair way to sum it up Gaddy, because we have two men here former world champions at this point both in their own right but There was no real clear direction for either of them at this point. It's like they gave Chris Benoit the US title, something to do. JBL had had the year off from the the record-setting WWE title victory. It did just feel like this was like, okay, two veterans, they're going to go out, they're going to have a solid enough match.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave, gave it two and three-quarter stars, which I think was maybe a bit generous. It was... uh, quite a hard-hitting match at times. There were some nice spots within it. The, the clothesline counter into the cross space. JBL's entrance was pretty cool. Um, it was different, really quite different to what had come before it with um, with Money in the Bank. And I think you can tell I'm struggling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just to work out what was happening. Yeah, I do agree. JBL's, JBL's entrance was pretty cool. It, it does have to be said. And I think... That I don't I don't know like you're right Gary it's, it's about pretty nothing match but but Chris when let's let's ask the, the, the question we've alluded to the sort of elephant in the room with Chris Benoit how do you deal when we have to do a show and we have to talk about Chris Benoit the performer are you able to separate Chris Benoit the performer from the man who committed the heinous, heinous crimes that he did? Or you did you find this match, like Billy was saying, really uncomfortable to watch?
3: Well, there's there's almost two sides to that, isn't there? The <laughs> first side is that the fans in attendance don't know that he's going to become a double murderer. So right. it's difficult to take, like, you're, you're watching a man who's the face in the match and is getting cheered by 17,000 people. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't need to separate them. I've always said this. Anytime this comes up on here or anywhere else, like, mm. why separate them? Why the, the, the people that argue that Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame,
5: yeah,
3: are are idiots. Um, and that, that I, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with any conversation about Benoit. However, yeah, I do want to pose a question to you four. Mm. <clears throat> now, as you know, I I have a bad bad habit of um picking up things on commentary and then spending a little bit too much time on it so jr says in this match chris benoit is one of only five wrestlers to have won a match at wrestlemania by submission i spent a really long time trying to find the answers and i have three and no more one of them being um him defeating Shawn Michaels and Triple H to WrestleMania 20. I've got Bret Hart beating Steve Austin uh, when Ken Shamrock stopped the match. I've got Bret Hart tapping out Bob Backlund, but that's still the same person. So actually I've only got two. Does does anyone ever remember? Like the only other matches I can think of came after, like John Cena and Triple H, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Edge Undertaker. I couldn't find any more that
1: happened before this. Yeah, did Tito Santana do it maybe? I, like, I, I can't oh, tell if that's Like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Like, I vaguely remember what like, reading an early WrestleMania match card and seeing Tito Santana wins by submission. Um, I'm going but... in. Did uh, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Angle not
2: tap out Shawn Michaels the previous WrestleMania?
3: He did. Oh, did he? he, he? Did.
1: Yeah, that's a good one, Gary that's right. good...
3: we're already yeah. up to three. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to good. pose that question to y'all. Um, yeah. It's, it's Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, well, it's, I was like, JR would never lie, so now I need to know what the answer was.
1: <laughs> it's a good insight to the way that, that Chris Murray's brain works. But, but Jack, this show featured many icons of the women's division um, at the time, and no more so than singing sensation Gillian Hall making her WrestleMania debut. Um, what, what do you think? the lasting legacy is of the career of and Hall. Please give us your insightful thoughts into this remarkable woman.
0: Um I, 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 I don't know if I can actually add <laughs> any more to what's already been said, to be honest. I think she was there. She, she was, she, she was, she was in her cow cowgirl outfit. Oh, you know it was it was it was good. It she was had good. a
1: she had a growth bitten off her face by boogeyman not long before this i remember and of course, that's yeah. probably like the most exciting thing about Jillian hall she appeared in the royal rumble recently um and i enjoyed i enjoyed seeing her back but yeah not very exciting this i think my friends might not be the worst match on the show but it certainly is the most boring but fair play to each of you gentlemen i still think we made this segment of the show rather entertaining so well done pat in the back well done indeed we are going to move on to more exciting things i think i need to go to him i need to go to him because we share the same favorite match of all time so i am going to let mr jack graham kick us off with talking about
0: this instant classic take it away jack Oh, that's, see as soon as this this match over, and you get the the kind of it's it's probably early one of the longest video packages I've seen for like a WrestleMania match, but like it's something I just don't get bored watching. It's just that you get you get hyped up, you know you know you're getting into this hardcore match with with Edge and Mick. Fo- oh, <sighs> I love it! <laughs> I love it so much. There's so much that you just it, like it just started from i wouldn't even say a low point it was already kind of heated to begin with but it kind of it, it escalated so 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 much to being one of the most investable programs going into this wrestlemania and oh oh, oh it was great
1: and gary you're, you're a man i know these review shows you like to talk about the spots in a match the big moments and and there's so many great ones in this battle between Edge and Mick Foley. This hardcore match, can you can you remind us, take us down memory lane of some of the things that we saw in this spectacle.
2: Oh, I, I loved, loved watching this match back. I thought Edge and Lita looked great, Mick Foley did not look great. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
2: there were some great calls in this match. Uh, Joey Styles was on the call and he mentioned about losing his Virgi- WrestleMania virginity and there was a call later on about Losing virginity, not something uh, to say about Lita. <laughs> um, there was the the, the spear uh, with it, who was obviously covered in barbed wire, uh, so that was quite a fun spot. But one of the most subtle spots, but looked at and sounded absolutely devastating, was the backdrop of mm. uh, oh, sorry, Mick Foley being thrown sort of backwards, in his head hitting off the the la- the ramp. Yeah, Edge landing in the thumbtacks, Mister Sockle with the barbed wire on mm. both of Edge and Lita, and then a cracking camera shot of Lita outside the ring with a bloodied mouth as a consequence of it. But the spot that everyone remembered this match was Edge spearing Mick Foley through the flaming table, which then led to the the pin the pinfall and the victory. I mean, I wrote in my notes here just what a match. And what a coming out moment for Edge that it turned out could
1: be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Chris, when you look at a pairing at WrestleMania, ideally you want both people to come out of that match better than they went into. And for these two they had very different reasons for having to to perform here. Edge had that WWE title run but still wasn't the guy was still on the periphery he needed that undeniable performance once again the story of this match which played into in kayfabe for Mike Foley he'd never had that defining Wrestlemania moment this is one of those matches made in heaven where both guys come out of it looking better do you agree sir? H- 100% I think that Foley
3: did a lot of good character work. As Gary said, he he looked like garbage in this match, which was unfortunate. It was all on, on one hand, it was also what he was going for, yeah. and um, and Edge's side, you're absolutely spot on. He didn't feel like a credible champion when he first became champion, but once you once you do that, like you know four or five times like he did earlier on all of a sudden you're like oh yeah now he's a credible champion because he can keep doing it he can keep winning these opportune matches and uh, this i felt like this match was so important in edge's career this is one of the exact points in edge's career graph when you can just see a spike when when is when is like you know, his his money just goes up. His value as a performer just goes up. Um, there, there were a couple of little tiny things which took away from it for me. Like, um, I didn't like edges like shaking. Cell. Did you see this near the end of the match? At yeah, the end, I've always loved yeah, I like that. that. I, could, I like. Yeah. That. Why? Why do you not like it, Chris? Because, because why? 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 surely if you're having body convulsions it wouldn't be limited just to the parts that you you know, can easiest move why is he not convulsing from his <laughs> his chest or or his legs why is he completely happy to walk um i and, and um as well as that like i thought the bit with the barbed wire jacket thing i don't think it looked great i think fully looked like crap and then when they took the top shirt off to reveal the second shirt uh, it was like Sting with the masks and TNA um, when they did that it, I was like oh so was that it but don't get me wrong this this spot with the table and the lighter fluid and the flames that will genuinely go down as one of the most iconic moments in Wrestlemania history and, and to go back to my Chris Murray's gimmick of facial features uh, if you watch Lita's face at the end of the match it's it's not even like it's, it's not worry. It, it's not, like, fear. She has this look of pure horror when she sees, like, both people. She's got Foley's blood on her lip, I think it is. And she's just looking at the destruction in front of her. Uh, I was just, like, perfect. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't like, though, how when Foley got up from the table shot, he, he pulls himself up on the barrier right in front of two young kids. And I was like, you absolute, like, you're a wrestler, aren't you? You're just trying to sell yourself. But I was like, point to anyone else. Point to an old man. Don't point to two kids. You'll scare them for life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Scarred for life, the young children. But but Billy, we've talked about how Joey Styles took to the commentary desk uh, for this match. A a two-pronged question here. Obviously, do you think it was the right decision having the voice of ECW, Joey Styles, coming in for this hardcore match? And... Do you think that he was a bit hard done by not getting to call the full event, considering he was at that point in time the lead announcer on Monday Night Raw?
4: Um, well, first off, I'm in good company because this is my favorite match of all time. Yes. So, that's, so yes. I'm I'm glad that I've got similar people that are that are thinking that. Um, Joy Styles. I I wasn't ECW guy. I wasn't that. I didn't watch ECW. So my first kind of proper Joey styles and this was raw it was actually one night stand um, which I've already mentioned in this show Uh, so I I prefer Joey in small doses because he sometimes got a bit too excitable and sometimes that's fine but if I had to hear oh my god more than one time in in a show I would have wanted to ram something into my ears because it is so obnoxiously loud and irritating that once (laughs) is enough so I think, I think he was he was he was fine on the three man booth. Um, I'm but I'm quite glad he was just kind of restricted just to one match on this show and it being his uh, forte, his his kind of specialty uh, on it. Um, that 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 did me fine. But no, I, I Joey Styles he wasn't for me. I, I wasn't of the generation that grew up with him and loved his style. Uh, style. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But no, when when he when he came we came around my time, he, he was just no small doses was nice so to one be, match was plenty to be
1: fair he did use it in that that promo that he cut on Raw when he quit the Raw commentary booth to defect ECW um, a month or so later probably uh, when he was like I wasn't good. to was told I wasn't good enough to call Wrestlemania because I wasn't a storyteller like Jim Ross who they'd fired but shooting for the hip, Joey uh, I really did
0: appreciate it but
1: uh, Jack I'll give you the, just give you the chance anything else <coughs> you want to about the legacy of this match here
0: uh, I, I, I think I think for me, I think maybe for a lot of people who kind of grew up, at least around with my friends and watching this, this is the match that kind of defined, or the, maybe not, not so much defined, but this was the kind of the match, the, the, the post-it note, the, the, the stamp, the bit you can pinpoint when you kind of start to fall in love with wrestling. And this was, this was it for me, this, this, this kind of set up a lot of things, it set up being Edge my favourite wrestler of all time, it set up being my favourite match of all time, it's, it's led to so many things, it's led to the the benchmark of, of wrestling for me essentially, I think it's, it's like that for a lot of different people and I think that the legacy of what they took being able to leave with this is not, in, in 15 minutes is nothing mm-hmm. short of outstanding
1: yeah I love it and we do need to I will come back to it because there's talk going on in the chat Chris's question earlier we have figured out that Bret Hart was correct Gary was right on Kurt Angle tapping out Michaels and I was correct Gary you have found out on Tito Santana I didn't just pull it from my arse, apparently no you know-
2: first ever Wrestlemania match the opening contest of Wrestlemania 1 no less
3: amazing um, we music. have achieved a lot on this podcast, right? We, yeah. we, you know, hundreds of episodes, millions of listeners. But finding these these men, I think, just might have been the best thing we've ever done. We've got Brett, we've got Tito, we've got Kurt, we've got Benoit. So we just need to find who the fifth man is.
1: Unless, who's the, who's the fifth man? Someone, someone ask uh, the Weasel. Someone ask Bobby <laughs> the Brain Eater. He knows who the fifth man is. He's very, he's really Unless,
3: confused. unless, dare we say it? JR might have been wrong, which I'll be very sad about. But um, David, I actually have a question for you, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't think of until minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But I just noticed that, of course, this Mania was on mm. 2nd of April, 2006.
1: Yeah.
3: Now, of course, ECW as a brand starts in two months. So do you think that this was a precursor just being like, oh, do people still want to watch hardcore matches?
1: Maybe, maybe because I think I think the overall product was pretty hardcore at this time, if I can say that, Chris. You know what I mean? They're still coming out of the the Attitude Era, entering into the ruthless aggression. There's a lot of crossover. It's not the only "quote unquote" extreme rules style match on the show. Um, obviously, we have a couple we'll get to later on, but I don't I don't think you're wrong at all. I do think the inclusion of Joey Styles certainly would point to that being... A point that could be considered. But to be honest, did WWE really have that much forward planning? I'm not so, I'm not so convinced. <laughs> um, but anyway, I do need to come to Mr. Billy Stracken for his favourite match on the show. Um, he, he is the match pitting one of the best wrestlers, another, I'll talk about technical wrestlers, the Boogeyman, facing the Hall of Fame duo of Booker T and Queen Charmelle. Billy, what do you think?
4: Oh, God, <laughs> this was dire. This was just... I mean, I wasn't expecting a, a bloody catch-as-catch-can classic here, but just awful. I mean, Booker T's WrestleMania runs, like, is literally the runs. It's, it's just... I don't think he's ever really had a standout, proper, good moment at WrestleMania, unless I'm forgetting one uh, that's out there. But um, hang
2: on, Billy, hang on—he won the Battle (laughs) Royal the year before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My apologies. (laughs) <laughs> um, but no, uh, uh, but uh, I like, Char- do you know the company he's in with winning the pre-show Battle Royal <laughs> Vista for one you know?
4: <laughs> I I mean I, I take I take it all back this this was just this was just a blip in the road. But um uh, no uh, Charmelle Charmel obviously adding to her, her classic uh runs of matches as well, uh, of course. Always the best. Um no this was just awful. I mean nobody could save the boogeyman. Uh this was just bad. So bad. I hated the worms. I hated the worms at the time. I hated them now, uh, as a, as a grown up. I suppose. Um, I just. It was just bad. Billy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and play
1: devil's advocate here because I don't, I don't disagree with you, but part of me doesn't fully agree with you. And for this, I need to come to ESSR's facial features expert, Chris Money. Chris, I will say that <laughs> Charmail does do. Some incredible acting work in this match. I fully believed that Charmel was terrified, absolutely terrified, of the Boogie Man in this contest.
3: I actually spent uh this match like focusing solely on Charmel to look for issues. And I have a few for you. Okay. Thing thing number one. Uh why are all the freaks around here always drawn to you, she says to Booker T insulting herself in the process (laughs) that's a great (laughs)
1: backstage segment by the way we're in chicago and you need some help (laughs) brilliant
0: stuff the gold dust brilliant
3: stuff uh charmel's top says queen of mean i uh i i I, no i can't have that um She has. I said this. This is funny because this obviously came up in our chat like a week ago, completely by coincidence that we were doing this show. There's um, many roots about
1: Queen Charmel. Yeah, you're,
3: you're, you're not wrong. But I, just, <laughs> I, I think there's 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 you know there's there's face heat, there's heel heat, and then there's X heat, which is just like ah, go on and just fuck off. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Charmel just get in a car, Mel, and just boost, please. Like I just. Wow. <laughs>
1: Wow, the facial features expert has, has sided against me And this oh, sh- one. I will sh- never forget this portrayal. Oh, guys, there she- was some good bits
2: about this match. There was a great moment when you know, Booker T's comedy gold at the best of times, but see at the start when he let Charmell sh- start the
5: match. <laughs> that was amazing.
2: It does make me laugh. Make but me there laugh. was also the worst, worst ever snowballing effort you'll see when the boogeyman kisses Charmel, uh with the, the worms and yeah. his mouth. That was pretty gross.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: And
2: <laughs> The movie man, gonna... man got injured, guys, just before this match. He had a really bad bicep tear, so we were probably denied the five-star classic that we'd mm. have got otherwise had he not <laughs> been injured.
1: Yeah, you've got to think of things that could have been. Uh, and I'm disappointed with my panel for the What If show that they, they didn't bring up the, the very obvious question of what if Boogie Man hadn't introduced bicep but Jack yeah. next Jack, Jack side with me here Saturday Draft Live you know all that all that jazz you know like man you know come on you know, like, surely you can you can bring some joy to proceedings
0: eh uh, <laughs> it was a waste of time D- the, David the, the the, the most adult. popular bit was about the worms, I guess. Uh, 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 five minutes when I get back, I can I can do other things in five minutes. You know what, <laughs> what I mean?
3: <laughs> the the only person who came off as a, a lesser star on this card than Charmel was uh, Michelle. Was it Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child just stinking up <laughs> the anthem <laughs> and, the and stin-
4: <laughs> the stinking up Williams? the
1: front row? Oh man, right now i need to i need to bring some water here people listen <laughs> listen listen to mr go okay my dad does not like wrestling but i did so he had to watch it to this very day if you were to ask david campbell senior who his favorite wrestlers were from having to watch the wrestling when i did when i was younger he will give you the names of boogeyman and booker t now Take that for what you will, but they must have been doing something right in this story to elicit that response all these years later. If nothing else, if nothing else, it means that they were memorable. And I, for one, welcome Charmel's induction into the Hall of Fame (laughs) purely because of her great, fearsome reactions to the Boogeyman in this one. Charmel, respect from the goat. Do not listen. To what Chris Murray has to say. But <laughs> it's time for me to continue my sole takeover of this show, because in my last ever effort here on ESSR, I'm treated to one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, Trish Stratus. In my opinion, one of the greatest of all time, male or female, taking on Mickey James in what is possibly the greatest woman's storyline in WrestleMania history. Chris, what are your thoughts on the tale as old as time, the the love story, the jilted lover, Trish and Mickey? What do you think, Chris? I
3: love the storyline, absolutely loved it. Mickey James was the first wrestler, and I'd be curious to know what everyone else's thoughts were, but she was the first wrestler I remember who actually jumped from TNA to WWE. I remember that back when I first first started watching TNA in about 2004, she was in a tag team with CM Punk, and obviously they both ended up there. Um, the obsession storyline was amazing. Um, they, they, you know, they got a wee bit weird with it. Like, do you remember the Mark Chapman line where they said Mark Chapman was a huge John Lennon fan? I didn't really like that from uh, the King. Because Mark Chapman, I think, was the guy who killed John Lennon, so they're yeah. kind of implying that Mickey James is going to kill Trish Stratus. Fair yeah, enough. she would have
1: this, you don't know.
3: You're absolutely she could, right. have, she
1: could have done, you know, could have done the, that.
3: the crowd were so into Mickey James that JR actually acknowledged it on commentary, uh, which yeah. I really like. Um, they could. They probably couldn't get a lot away with a lot of the terminology now. Like I think, like Gr repeatedly calls Mickey James a nutcase. Um, Trish is getting booed out the building at one point. Gr uh, calls the fans defiant by doing this. Um, it's probably more likely that the fans didn't feel too strongly one way or the other in this match, so just decided to pick Mickey to be smarty. Um Obviously. David, the incident has been cut from the WWE Network. Um, Gross hypocrisy. And uh, it was a bit of a clunky finish, but I liked that the um, student beats the puppet master, whatever the expression is. And I like that she beat her with her own move, which never happens in wrestling. Imagine Austin beat The Rock with the rock bottom at WrestleMania 17 would have been the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, but it didn't happen but it did happen here and that makes this match better than Robert vs <laughs> <versus> Austin <laughs> <laughs> a 17. I said what I said but I do I will actually want to pick up your point now. I think that it is the height of hypocrisy and sexism that this company will have low blows on their network till the cows come home but as soon as the women do it there's a problem and Vince McMahon says, no, 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 that, that defies decency. Fuck off. Like, I, I don't see a problem with it. Gary, what what about you? Obviously, what what are your thoughts on what Chris brought up, actually, about the crowd cheering for Mickie James ahead of the face Trish Stratus? Was this just a case of they wanted a bit of change? Trish had held the title for too long. Is that probably what happened here? Well, wait, this happened a couple of times
2: in this show. Uh, later on, you seen it with Kurt Angle and Ray Mysterio and Triple H and John Cena. So it's maybe not that surprising that there's this, uh, you know, smart, incredibly knowledgeable crowd that appreciated the work ethic of Mickey James and the effort that she put into this. Um, there was there was parts of this match I really, really enjoyed as well. I liked the aggressive start from the match from Trish. Mm-hmm. I didn't often see that from her. I mean, uh, Mickey was great at the part. There were also some other. Good news, and there. there was a wicked-looking running power bomb as well. Chris is right about the the finish and some of the lines. I think it was uh, JR said that Mickey used some unique feminist tactics, feminine tactics, sorry, <laughs> to win the match.
5: Yeah,
1: amazing, amazing. And I, th- I think Billy, I'll come to you on this. When we look at this match. And when we look at what happened in the rest of 2006 are we going to look at this and say this was the end of a high point in the women's division until we got the women's evolution revolution whatever you want to call it years later because you look at wrestlemania 23 and we go i believe it's a a lumberjack match not for the title between melina and ashley after this and we truly seem to have entered the Divas era is this the is this the pinnacle of the the women's era that of the, they built up that momentum that they built up during the Attitude Era in this match
4: um a, a very good question if, if uh, I don't mind saying uh yeah this this I mean I was taking the, this match as it was just on this show um, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on about afterwards and, and beforehand but um this was definitely this was a wrestling match this wasn't your divas match so for what progressed and what came afterwards yeah I, I would agree with that this was probably your peak of, of wrestling in the women's division because uh, this was just this wasn't your you know they do pretty things they bounce about a little bit they do all that kind of stuff they, they were just grabbing body parts wrapping them around ropes uh, battering each other they were brawling they were just this this was probably outside of course the the Edge Foley match. This is probably up there as one of my favorite matches of the night. Yeah. Uh, rewatching it again because it wasn't your prototypical women's match, and uh, yeah, I suppose it is. It was the peak because, like you're saying afterwards, it was it, we, we kind of got dragged into the Divas era of things.
1: And we will talk about that later on this very show. But Jack, before we before we get there, we talk a a little about connect booking and. There's a lot of times where the companies will have a champion for too long and then they have what seems to be the obvious story to take the title off that champion and they don't pull the trigger. I think WWE has to be commended for pulling the trigger and going all in with Mickie James on this night. If it went the other way, we'd probably look back at this match a bit differently. But it was that decision that really makes this stand out as a classic
0: yeah, I think I think the the something we've picked out on is that the the the, the crowd were so behind Mickey James, and you could tell that like they hated that with with Jr. Like at, at the end of the match just saying the crowd were like nut jobs, they were just off their heads, like like wanting wanting this to happen, and maybe it was just kind of a, a, a showing that this is this is arguably the right way to take it because of how 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 vocal the crowd were about it. If it went the other way. The, the crowd reaction could have been far worse, and like that, even though it's the the commentators have played a different way, it's 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 an interesting one that could be de- debated debated for a while. But I think it's the it's it also Mickey's kind of first feud and I probably the best one and I for our, it was one of Trish's best feuds that wasn't with Lita. They, they 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 told everything they led up that six months before it to this point. I think it was told perfectly in the match. And, mm. and, it was fantastic.
1: Well done. Yeah, it was fantastic. Not a single insult of this match in sight. Truly, you guys have made this a great show for the goal. Yeah, goal stars to each of you. But, Jack, next match, Undertaker goes 14-0 and against Mark Henry. I want to put this to the entire panel, actually. I just want to say this off the bat. I fucking hate matches. Can anyone defend them? No, no, no. I think they are the most boring, pedantic stipulation in wrestling history. I don't fully understand the mechanics of it. Like, how fully does the lid have to be shut? Does your opponent need to be incapacitated? If I shut it for a second and they push it open, has the match ended? You know what I mean? Like I just don't get it. I don't like it, and I never have. And I think the positioning looks clunky. But Jack, as a storyline for the Undertaker, taking in Henry, this has probably got to rank lower down the pecking order than some others.
0: It's just something I just did not care about in the slightest. Slightest at all. There's there's nothing that you can put right with a two together that's ever going to be appealing in the in the slightest. It's just it's, uh, it's not for me. It doesn't. It doesn't just I when mean, you put the two names together. Just something, something about it just doesn't strike. Yeah, this is going to be a classic, and we were um, proved right. At the end of the day, it was shit.
1: Mm, Yeah, and uh, to be fair, Chris, like you're a guy who does like to do like some looking back into it, and you do have a, a good memory for this stuff. Like Mark Henry's promo work leading up to this was not bad at all in terms of trying to sell the match. Like he had the funeral for the streak in the lead up to it. Uh, it did seem like a threat. This was almost like we're verging on Hall of Pain, Henry here uh, with his personality at this point. But something about these two Undertaker and Big Guys just never seems to click, does it? Yeah, I mean, you go back to the very early
3: parts of his career and that was his whole thing. It was like, put the Big Guy against Undertaker. Undertaker overcomes him. But this is actually one of the better, like the match. I, I never realised until you said it. I hate casket matches as well everything you said I was like yeah every single bit of that's right but the good the thing that really stands out about this match is how great Mark Henry is something that I liked about him around this time and it would go on in the Hall of Pain era is that Mark Henry's very believable like he never ran away from any of his opponents but he's a heel he should be running away and he actually proves this by the, the actual Undertaker walking down the ramp towards him and climbing in the ring. He just stands there. Yes, there's a slight look of trepidation on his face as Undertaker comes in, but Mark Henry trusts himself. He's like, if I just stand here, Undertaker can't beat me. And then Undertaker, the dafty, turns his back on him and Mark Henry rightfully batters him. I really, really <laughs> like, that. Um, like that. This is why when Mark Henry eventually gets the world title, I don't know how long after this that is was in all like 2012 or something like that. 11, um, I want to say, Chris. 11. Pedantic. No, I don't uh, know if I'm right. But I pe- think it's 11. Pedantry. You get pedantry points for me, and that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. it was. He was always very believable. Like when he he, he had the uh, bit with Batista just before this, and that's why Batista's out injured. It was really really good. He he looked great in losing. I think although the 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 pinfall thing did hurt him a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Billy, like, a lot of points that Chris brings up there about Mark Henry's career and going forward and stuff like that, but Undertaker, after this match, seemed to have hit, after hit, after hit, after hit. Were there signs in this contest that Taker was potentially entering the best wrestling portion of his career?
4: No, because it was a casket <laughs> match, a casket <laughs> match and right. But um, so it, it was, yeah, it was again. It was one of those, nah, it was a match. But uh, like, like you just pointed out, my, my one note I have on here: Henry pins Taker like a right wally, and I think that made made Mark Henry look like a big stupid idiot uh, in the whole the whole scheme of things. Not that it ruined an already bad match, but um, the most disappointing thing about this. And because I, I was expecting to, to hear some good tunes about wigs getting split was uh, on the, the network we got some generic ass music and I was like, ah, oh well, that's, that's uh, taking the wind out of my sails before the match even started. And mm-hmm. afterwards my ship sunk because the match was pretty poor.
1: It's pretty, pretty poor. But a true parameter of how poor a match is, or how great it is, is how many memorable moments Gary Kernan has noted down to bring up on our review. Gary, were there any oh, good moments for this one? There uh, were
2: maybe two. There was the, the suicide dive over the top rope and mm-hmm. taking, clearing the casket. Uh, that's good, that's good. There was that one. There was also one that could have went horrendously wrong. if It's the sort of thing if somebody suggested it to you. Hey, you lie in the middle rope and then I'm going to jump over you between the top rope and the middle rope and I'll go in and land in the casket. You'd be like, bullshit, am I going to sit there and let you do that? But that was... A moment like and done and Henry found himself stood in the casket for the first time. It was... Uh, I think this match was a step back for The Undertaker after facing Orton the year before. And I think it was just the wrong time for Mark Henry to be in such a feature spot at Mania. Yeah. And it was... Yeah, it was a bit of a damp squid as far as I was concerned.
1: Yeah, yeah, not the highlight of the show, but we are getting on to to bigger and better things Gary because it's the it's the the great match between Shawn Michaels and, and Vince McMahon and I personally think this is not Shawn Michaels' best WrestleMania match it's Vince McMahon's best match ever, do you agree or disagree with that statement? Oh absolutely do you know sometimes one of the great things about doing these
2: shows is your memory plays tricks on you and you, you know, I did not remember this match particularly fondly mm. um, and I went back and watched it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, McMahon looked fucking ridiculous with that suntan <laughs> when, he,
5: when
2: he came out. And the match, this match went long. was was a long time, eighteen minutes it went for, but then all the other bits going around it, which obviously had some impact later on in the show. Here, mm. um, Meltzer Scoots uh, scored at three and a half stars. It had loads of. Gaga during it. We had the the Spirit Squad appearing. Jr. It's called those damn cheerleaders. <laughs>
5: uh,
2: we also had another great call in this match. I thought Chris had a this one that about uh, McMahon's going to hell and he can't wait to get there so he can take over. <laughs> and we had that's
5: really
2: uh, good. You know, Shane appearing, and Shane joining the Kiss My Ass Club, mm. the the handcuffs. The wicked chair shot on that man's uh, head, not to mention the, f- the finish, um, mm-hmm. it was mean. much more enjoyable than I remembered it. Yeah, uh, it was just a proper sort of
1: garbage hardcore match, wasn't it? Does JR not say Satan lives? when McMahon holds up the finger and when he's getting stretched <laughs> away as well at the end. I just, I love JR in this one because he finds a storyline reason for him being brought back for Mania for Joey Styles. He says, like, this is why I was brought back. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. I was brought back so I could call the, the downfall of Shawn Michaels in this one or something or other. And I yeah, just thought, it's so clever, so clever from JR. And it's brilliant. Like, Chris brought up the, the Taz line <laughs> he's, he's, he's venomous. Like, there's a compilation video on YouTube that I watch. So, so, so many things. It's just you know, calling people a son of a bitch. Like, and it's absolutely fantastic just to sit and listen to. But, but Billy, you need to look at this one. You need to look at the context of the story. I think because a lot of what made this story interesting was how inherently linked it was to the Montreal Screwjob. And obviously, Bret Hart inducted it into the Hall of Fame night before this doesn't want to show up at WrestleMania itself. Um, but this storyline was basically Vince McMahon saying, "I screwed Bret; I can screw you too." It made for interesting viewing.
4: Absolutely, and uh, I, I loved this match for just it was just madness and all round, and just the little things in it. As, as a, a more seasoned wrestling watcher, I loved in it as well. But storyline, yeah, it was, it was it was quite simple. It was uh, Vince. You're a bit mental now. Uh, maybe you should calm it down a bit. And Vince going, N- no, I winna. And uh, that there we go. That's pretty much it. Kind <laughs> <Another> of thing. Um, <laughs> but no, I love the other things like like Shane, of course, he being handcuffed and, and battered. But his involvement in the in the finish. I never noticed it at the time. But him holding the ladder for uh, Shawn Michaels to. To do the elbow drop it was just like oh, just a little nice little thing that you notice now, uh, but you didn't notice at the time because you weren't you're were really watching it for the wrestling. You weren't, weren't watching it for the ins- intricate bits and pieces and the crotch chop as well. Showing Sean still got that defiant side of him doing the the old DX crotch chop. And of course that led into 2006 with yeah. uh, with with everything. And I love the Spirit Squad. I don't care how corny they were. Spirit Squad are ace. <laughs>
1: J- Jax. Do you rem- do you remember the first time you watched this? Did you know what the crotch chop meant at the time when Sean did it in this match? And I think Triple H says it in the main event maybe
0: as well. Um like did you know what that meant when the first no, time you watched this? I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. There was a young innocent young innocent Jack had no clue what the crotch chop was.
1: Yeah, I was I was the exact same. I had no idea what a DX was. Uh, so I was very
0: excited when they when they came back. But Jack, do you remember this match fondly? And it was it was, was alright as as a, a lot of a lot of fun. Kind of drawn on years, kind of watching it at a younger age, and I always always quite liked how it's the big boss getting involved. Yeah, not really knowing the political side behind it as much as I kind of do now, as they kind of alluding to the the, the Montreal Screwjob and whatnot. Like enjoying it as a as a as a wee boy, and you're seeing the big boss fighting, getting nitty gritty. It's I think it's pretty decent.
1: This was my favorite story when I was young. Like, I loved Shawn Michaels versus McMahon, and then later, like, because a lot of people shitting the, the DX of 2006, I fucking loved it, because I was the right age for it. You know what I mean? Like, DX versus the McMahons, forget about it, it was great, you know what I mean? Like, coming out and they're spoiling every week, and obviously I didn't have McMahon in Austin to compare it to, you know what I mean? So that was, for me, like, the my introduction to Vincent manager and Jack, you're probably similar to that.
0: Yeah, hundred. That's I'm exactly saying. Just obviously, we're, we're, we're 2 two good people here, David. You know, movie. Yeah. We start here at the same time, with the rest and going through it, watching the same things, and you know, it's just. It's just, are we, are we intellectuals? Who, who am I to say? I, I think that the McMahon <laughs> DX feud of 2006 has
1: aged like the Star Wars prequels in that they're getting a bit more, it's getting a bit more appreciation. But, but Chris, you are you are a man, a fan of the character work and stuff. There were two great backstage pro we got Shawn Michaels saying that he's going to take Vince to his own personal hell and then we had Vince with, with Shane and Stephanie by his side praying to God or talking to God or, or taunting God at this point uh, more than anything else did you enjoy the, the lead up to this match uh, in the pre, uh, pre-show
3: David I need to tell you something mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't like this match oh my I passionately loved it Yay, Simon uh, Kill moment! We love it. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, right, we need to go start to finish. First of all, Sean's promo at the start. Amazing to see Sean Michaels in the pre squint era. Uh, yeah. Michaels <laughs> fantastically comments on the fact that today's one year since Kurt Angle is two years since Triple H and Benoit, but tonight won't be a five-star match. It'll be brutal and ugly. It's one of the best examples of someone being like, I am amazing, like this is how great I am as a wrestler um, and Shawn Michaels at this point is about 67 years old and he's still absolutely untouchable. Vince's promo as well was fantastic as you said he mentions talking to God because he knows God is close to Shawn Michaels. The subtlety of that is brilliant obviously leading into the is the backlash, backlash match where Shawn teams with God. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And then yeah. the the match. Oh man, I wrote like an A four page on how much I loved it. Um, the um, they acknowledge that it's ten years since WrestleMania twelve when he won the belt. Um, they uh, talk about Jr. acknowledges all the stuff that Vince has beaten his career. They include that Vince has beat the U S. government. Talking about the steroid trial, that was that was mad. Um, Dolph Ziggler gets his first Mania moment. Um, He's probably as relevant then as he is today. Take from that sentence (laughs) what you are? He's
1: NXT champion, Chris. What are you talking
3: about? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, Vince gets his arse out, and I'm concerned at this point that someone might walk past my living room window and wonder what's happening. Um, It was so satisfying watching Shawn Michaels smash Shane with the Kendall stick. The, The stick with the with the, the the handcuffs was so perfectly done. Because what it meant was you got Shane uh, as like, a, what's the wrestling term, a heater for, yes. for Vince, but he couldn't get involved. So yeah. he's reacting to everything. He's begging Sean to stop hitting him. He's like trying to drag the ladder uh, away from Sean to stop uh, Sean jumping off of it onto his dad, which as Billy mentioned, he's actually kind of holding the ladder at the same time. I really, really liked. The DX chop was great. Um, as you as you were speaking about, like I was too young for DX as well. I only knew about DX through the video games and like the, you know, uh, d- you know, pure DX sugar free that we got when X Pack was still using the music. <laughs> um, and the best bit of this match was when he does the elbow drop, he gets up, everyone's all good, and Sean grabs Vince under the chin, and he says, "Watch this! I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat." and then he just does it. It was brilliant, start to finish, really great match. Way better than I remember it. I remembered the ladder spot and that was it. It's my favorite match of the card. I love seeing Shawn Michaels back in the ring. It actually makes me want to go and watch all of his like, you know, come, come back like NWO matches through to when he leaves. Cause they're yeah. all just brilliant. And then of course, so Vince, because he's the ultimate heel, flips off Sean on the way up the ramp to continue the feud. It was amazing!
1: Absolutely amazing. Chris, let's see if I can do this from memory, but Shawn Michaels' return run at Mania was nothing short of insanity. 19 Jericho, 20 Triple H and Benoit, 21 Angle, 22 McMahon, 23 main events against Cena, 24 retires Ric Flair, and then 25 and 26 against Undertaker. That is Eight. something else. And,
3: and, to add on to what you've just said, 2004 PWI match of the year, 2005 PWI match of the year, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, he's, he, uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. Every one of those matches was uh, at WrestleMania apart from the Cena one, which was in London. Um, he's uh, we, we are so lucky that, because there's sort of eras of wrestling fans, isn't there? There's the yeah. era, the... Is you know your 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 Hogans and your Warriors, they got Shawn Michaels a bit as well. New generation got a whole heap of Shawn Michaels, and we as the sort of later era wrestling fans. We got a brilliant period of Shawn Michaels as well.
1: Like, we're, best, ah, we're absolutely blessed. The best period of Shawn Michaels in my humble opinion. Uh, before we move on, he does, Shawn Michaels says a great line in the My Eyes mode of WWE 2 kcreta 2 where he says, I don't see eye to eye with many people these days. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> 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 it, made me, it made me laugh so much, but we do need to see who's coming out the side. R-E-Y, Mysterio, 619, all that jazz. Billy. You said that it made you uncomfortable earlier, the allusions to Eddie Guerrero and the JBL Chris Benoit match. How did you feel about the Rey Mysterio storyline at WrestleMania 22?
4: Oh, he got booed, and rightly so. <laughs> I cannot be arsed with this whole eddie exploitation stuff. It was just... It was a bit thick. It was, they laid it on. I, I, I didn't mind it. it. You know, I didn't mind the actual Ingerin content. Ingerin content, loved it. I enjoyed that. But I find... I love Rey Mysterio as a wrestler but God if you give him a microphone I just switch off he's so boring to for me speaking and so it feels so insincere as well when he speaks and I don't know if it's because it's a second language or what I don't know I just I, I don't enjoy him speaking don't speak wrestle I, don't keep it that way Billy back um, and channeling anyway. Gwen
1: Stefani there alright
4: that has to be said <laughs> yeah and that I mean it, it didn't start off well when the, that P.O.D entrance was awful as well it was so (laughs) awkward and rubbish and it kept going on and on and on and i was thinking i remember this being quite a short match they could have cut out quite a lot of that bollocks to start off with so you can have his his big eagle uh headdress which looked like he was he was keeping it on by a hope and a prayer because his neck was not moving the whole time um (laughs) I've really went off topic I've just had a wee rant about Rey Mysterio Um, I like Orton's golden shower entrance if that makes a difference
1: (laughs) Billy hates Rey Mysterio Gary what say you? (laughs) Billy Billy, you've made your point you hate Rey Mysterio that is what you said Gary (laughs) sorry can we have a
2: minute just to laugh at golden shower entrance (laughs) this match um, I remember uh being disappointed not in the quality of what they did but the the quantity because this match was was much much shorter than it was intended to be i mean it was a banger for the nine minutes they were out there the time was really cut um but it was stacked with some really good good action on it you know the double german suplex looked wicked Hurricane Ana. Uh, top rope. Fans wanted Cut to win, although they popped for Mysterio when he did
1: win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, I, I think I have a different opinion to, to Billy on it. I, I think that there is an element of exploitation with WWE, but also at the same time, Vicky was involved here, Chavo was in the company, Rey Mysterio was Eddie's friend as was Benoit. You'd like to think if if they had a problem with it or thought Eddie would have had a problem with it, they would have spoken up. I don't know Jack, am I, am I being too overly trying to look at this in a, a nice way or is there something in that?
0: Um. I don't know. I think I I I I probably tend to agree with you that I don't think they would have done it so soon without the blessing. I guess I think uh, that's that's how I kind of look at it. I, I kind can agree with what everyone well not, not what everyone said, but this 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 match to me shows why I kind of hate smart ass crowds. Mm. There was, there was uh, like Ray, Ray was getting booed out of the building at some point and for like for like no, no there was I don't I don't know what the end goal was at trying to, trying to get something going with that knowing what what it meant in the greater sense outside of wrestling I, I don't know I, I think I think the crowd were in poor taste for this one and I think it kind of severed what could have been a an already great moment could have been better. In, in my head.
1: Yeah. Chris, what do you think about Jack's point there?
3: I yeah, I, I'm with everything he said. I, I don't like I I don't know if I'm like a pure mentally a five year old wrestling fan, but I don't <laughs> like when people boo faces. They're they're there to be cheered. I guess that means they're not doing good enough work to earn your cheer. But like this, this match was was special for a couple of reasons. I thought this was like one of the highlights of the era of SmackDown that it came from. Like Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio fighting each other. That feels quite special, I think. I thought the POD absolutely destroyed Rey Mysterio's entrance, which did not help him at all. Um, the I d- just to get all technical on you, I think one of the guitars wasn't plugged in, so Aww. it just sounded like the tune was coming through on the bass guitar, and. Uh, Rey Mysterio takes forever to get to the top of the stage and then back down the stage. I was just like, oh, get on with it. Um, yeah, I, I think I made my most notes on the entrances. Uh, Kurt Angle had some great pyro. Uh, Randy, of course, had his shower, as you mentioned. Um, there's a couple of good spots, but the issue is, is triple threat matches are difficult because you can only wrestle one person at once. Um it was good to see the old Randy Orton where he had facial expressions and cared about things. Um, he doesn't He doesn't really do that very much now. Uh, there was a beautiful RKO where Kurt Angle kicks out on like 2.99999. Um, I really liked. Um, I also didn't realize that Rey Mysterio here is 31 and it feels like he's been wrestling for about 20 years at this point because so obviously he came from WCW, he yeah. was in WWE for a good while. But yeah, 31, and uh, of course, the absolute highlight of this match, Dominic Mysterio Alert in the crowd.
1: Yay! Yeah, future WrestleMania uh, competitor in his own right, Dominic Mysterio. You know, it's that's, that's mental when you think about that. Uh, the amount of people who have been front row for these events and then all of a sudden they, they show up on the card themselves. It truly is magical stuff. Speaking of magical stuff, the the... We've talked a lot about GBL and Boogeyman and who could lay claim to be the best technical wrestler on this specific card. But Gary, I'll let you talk about this Matt Classic and just tell us some of the great the game spots and the playboy pillow fight between Tony Wilson and Candice Michelle.
2: Well, I was hoping you were
1: going to ask this Mr. Goat
2: i was really hoping you're going to ask this, there was a, a crack and snap suplex at one point in the match by okay. uh, by Tory onto Candice as well, uh, a backdrop onto the bed was then led to the mattress being tripped over and then everybody's favourite bins up and down top of a mattress yeah. as well, we had the dog stinky face as well, we had some scissoring Jesus. in the match Jesus Christ. as well, yeah. Um, JR, another great call from when he said this is not a brand panties match. However, we have no issues with the ladies making it a brand panties match. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I think it's made fair to say that uh, you get quite a juxtap- of position in this match, <laughs> just a position in the match with uh, what we've seen earlier for the yeah. women's championship in this match, and it's maybe a measure of how far women's wrestling has come mm-hmm. um, and this playboy with the playboy
1: pillow fight being condemned to history Yeah, listen, I'm not going to make his comment on this any further I don't think than that Like, I think Gary's broke the match down for us really all there is to say is the point I brought up earlier this is where WWE wanted to, to take their women's div- the division ideally you know, get the 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 association with Playboy, get some money, and get the the hot women who aren't particularly good wrestlers, but you know, will sell calendars. You know, that was essentially what they wanted. And no offense to, to- Hall of Famer Tori Wilson and Candace Michelle, because Tori Wilson was was always good for what she went to do. Always tried her best in the storylines. We've talked about the storyline where Da. And stuff like obviously not not one of the, the greatest storylines in wrestling history, but perhaps a very memorable one in SmackDown. And Candace Michelle did improve as time went on. It had a nice, yeah. decently women's title run. Um, but this was this was the toilet break before the main event. And speaking of the main event, speaking of smarty crowds, speaking of people who win by submission at WrestleMania, Chris Murray, John Cena versus Triple H kick is off. When talking about the main event, what were your initial thoughts when you saw we're doing WrestleMania 22 main evented by John Cena and Triple H? Were you excited for this match?
3: I've said it all the way through. There was a lot of like peaks of this era on this card. And I think that Triple H fighting John Cena is like the peak of its era. Because I don't know what it is about this mania. It kind of feels like it's got one foot in like Attitude Era and one foot in like whatever we're in now. Yeah. I I love both these guys. Uh, I thought they were doing phenomenal work at the time. Triple H was just starting this sort of King of Kings thing. John Cena was on top of the world a year on from winning the world title. Uh, I oh, By the way, I, I've said this a million times on these shows as well, I've always loved John Cena. I don't agree, well, no, I don't not agree. I'm, not, I'm just not one of those people that boos them out the building. Um, yeah. I used to wear my John Cena t-shirt to ICW every single time we would go because it makes fans go mental. <laughs> um, we got some quick promos from what looked like a sort of access slash contract signing thing where they were trying to paint Cena as the underdog, which I guess kind of makes sense if you don't know about the next 10 years of wrestling. <laughs> like Cena, Cena, he probably would be the underdog in a match against Triple H. Um, we get the first sort of one of the earliest examples of like flashy entrances. Triple H with his throne entrance, the barbarian outfit, John Cena and the Chicago uh, like gangsters entrance. Uh, CM, CM Punk finally gets his WrestleMania main event. Um, I, I love the Cena spinner belt, although. Do you think that the diamonds at the top of the W are too heavy because it always seems to end up upside down, which is yeah. such a shame. Um and, and and right, I have to say it, this is what this was the worst thing about this card is that the 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 fans just booed everything. They booed mm-hmm. Triple H for being a heel, and they booed Cena for being Cena. So I ended up Kind of checking out of this, like I was, I wasn't as emotionally invested as I wanted to be. I remember being at the time when I watched it, so emotionally invested in this match. But yeah, I ended up sort of picking up towards the end. They had some good back and forth. I uh, miss the three-count arm drop thing, which they yes. don't do anymore. Now it's yes. just one and ring the bell. Um And uh, yeah, I liked how long the hold was in before we got the tap. Overall, it was a good main event, but the crowd pissed me off.
1: Yeah, Gary, good main event. What was there to see in the main event? The content, your final run-through of this, of this pay-per-view, sir.
2: Yeah, this was a match also that uh, I didn't remember as fondly when I looked back at it. I actually enjoyed the match uh, a lot more. And I think that this match did a lot, and the build-up to this match did a lot of damage to John Cena going forward. There was some stink put in John Cena that he just couldn't get off with Triple H and his cool heel uh, part of it even though he put him over really strongly with that finish at the end I just think uh, Cena suffered from that from the way going forward some good false finishes throughout the match particularly the sledgehammer shot there um, the submission finish, uh, the STFU, which I don't think Cena should have ever been using. I don't think he was particularly good at doing it. Yeah, it was uh, very
1: uh, shit at doing it, Gary. I'd go as far as say.
2: Yes, like. <laughs> and also a nice referee spot in it where we sort of
1: got the double low blow as
2: mm. well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very that. Very pleased with that. The, the you know the match was the match was good. I'd say it was good. Like I wouldn't say it was great. I wouldn't say it was yeah. one of the best me events of small time. I'd say it was very solid. But Jack, what do you remember about this era of John Cena? Being a, a small child at the time, were you a fan of Cena, or did you not understand why people were booing him? What was your What was your thoughts there?
0: I was a bit of everything in that. I loved that and get why right folk folk hated them. I was I was I was firmly firmly behind it. I would probably see even as a young. As a young lee man watching this, I was very bored watching the start, and the 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 crowd didn't help either. But I would say the last five ten minutes, I was completely suckered in and seeing and seeing someone kick out the the, the, the FU now the now the AA. I was like, I was completely gobsmacked seeing seeing yeah. seeing that at the time. That was something that was so rare. And then also, I like, even just to see Triple H tap out. To the STFU it was something also just so rare which is it, was, it wasn't a finish I was expecting but it was not yeah. one that I was mad at
1: yeah no exactly and not a finish you'd expect not one you're mad at I think that some recontextualization is required ladies and gentlemen because Billy Strachan a lot of criticism gets lobbied at Triple H for getting out the golden shovel not putting people over Benoit at 20 Batista at 21 Cena at 22 when it came to Wrestlemania and when it came to this portion of this career you have to say the Triple <laughs> H was more than willing to do the business, to do the job for the business as it were, what do you think?
4: Um, I would say so I I, I mean I, I got the hate for well I understood po- folks um, viewpoint on like the reign of terror kind of time for Triple H and all that kind of stuff because it seemed like nobody was was breaking through kind of thing and then it made it all worthwhile when Batista did mm-hmm. you know it, it's like he, he made Batista uh, and on that night and that whole story this isn't the WrestleMania we're talking about so um, <laughs> but when it comes to the John Cena one uh, mm, he, yeah he he did he did the job he did lose when the time ultimately required it to to happen um i just i'm I'm kind of agreeing with i mean match itself i'm kind of agreeing with with, with you guys i kind of checked out during it and Uh it was just i think because the whole build-up was pretty much triple h did not do a good job with the build-up he pretty much called cena rubbish wrestler so why am i gonna be interested in watching it yeah. Why am I? Why am I gonna be, and now, now it makes Triple H look worse because he lost to a bad wrestler. So now he looks like an idiot because he lost to someone he mm. believes is to be a, a crap wrestler. So yeah. then he's he's crap. Um, why one positive I will say out of all this, though, that as we mentioned, I know that like you guys like the minutia, the little bits and pieces. Mm. I liked during the STFU and the like just before the finish STFU that Cena grabbed Triple H's uh, right arm underneath, and so it kind of caught a little bit of torque, and I mean he couldn't couldn't drag himself over to the ropes either I just, I loved that a little bit but no, I'm right, same with you guys I kind of just checked out with this one and Yeah, yeah. I'll be I don't think Triple
1: H's style
4: suits WrestleMania main events
1: It's too long a show for Triple H to come out and do his wrestling You know what I mean? Slow start methodical pace i don't think a wrestler like triple h or randy orton necessarily suits that at the end of a very long show some food for thought to leave mm-hmm. you guys with here so to ponder over leave your thoughts in the eat sleep suplex retreat community page do not advertise your twitch or <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody or cares your, about your
2: twitch or your I wrestling hate shows it. I hate are
1: you I hate Con- when you stream from it. I, uh- <laughs> or your wrestling shows in govern because no one wants to see competitors <laughs> from Dromine. Uh, but anyway, we will give our ratings on the show. So Billy, what would you rate this show out of five?
4: Oh, a ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, <there> is- <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you oh. for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, a ten. It's, it's it's your last time. This whole show is a ten. rest big times a ten. It's all tens. Ten. Big time. Love it. Chris Money,
3: out of five. I think I'm actually going to go four. I think this WrestleMania sits really high for me. What was the WrestleMania... I know this is completely different. What was the WrestleMania where Charlotte fought Asuka? 34? So I... When I finished 34, because I was a bit disappointed in the main event, I remember thinking at the time, I think this is the best WrestleMania I've watched since 22. This is a... Top three mania all time for me. We 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 had came on from the attitude era of like flashy matches but poor wrestling. We just never getting slightly less flashier matches, but the wrestling is so much better and look up and down this card look how many great gimmicks there were like just actual fully fledged gimmicks wrestlers who cared about things and had personalities you had the the raving racist in john bradshaw layfield you had the, the <laughs> ultimate opportunist in edge you had the hardcore icon maniac and mick foley you had stuff like the boogeyman mickey james undertaker all the way up and down this card that was just fantastic gimmicks going on they wouldn't be able to maintain this later and look at us now we have two gimmicks we have heels who have you know really egocentric characters and then we've got faces who are bad heels like that's it there's no characters anymore and this card just had so many perfect ones on it so yeah I i rate this really highly i really enjoyed watching it back it was an absolute delight I bet you 21 and 23 aren't as good as this.
0: Jack Graham, what do you say? I guess I'm maybe going to be a bit more of a cynic, even (gasps) though it's got one of my my favourite matches on it. I'm going to say a three. Three? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think as as good as this, this... some of the some of the stuff is on it, as Edge, Mick Foley is and whatnot, the, the, there's a really good WrestleMania theme as, as well. There is, f- before a WrestleMania, I think there was far too much dross in this. I don't think there's enough to, say, enough to sustain a good, to some, I need Devon to hit the mark for me, a good mania in this, Mania, as much as it did have really good points, there wasn't enough to push it to the, to the upper ends of the scale from the I think it's just a, a good run of the middle. it's not great, it's not bad it's, it's a show Yes, far ours, Charlie Brown strikes again
1: Can I carry <laughs> care of him? What do you think?
2: I'm going to go for a four a, a four out of five as well I thought there were uh, many uh, high points of it, I think the main event lets it down and I do take Jack's point that there's a bit of dross here, but there's a lot of there is when you look back over the history of real WrestleMania, it's hard to find a card that's not got some mm. some
1: draws in there. Yeah, so I think. The did any cards have there. actual draws on them? Dross was a wrestler, wasn't he? Was yeah, dross he ever on the show? One of them, yeah. uh, I'm sure he did. This was
2: maybe
1: 19. Was it that's. That's the question, ladies and gentlemen, put oh. in the chat. Where did, what Wrestlemania featured actual Dross competing in it?
3: It looks like he was on Capital Carnage in the UK, but I'm not sure he fought a Mania.
2: Because uh, oh, well. LOD 2000 came back at the Battle Royal with Sunny, so maybe he was phased out by that time, maybe.
1: Damn, damn. But Gary, what's your overall rating? Four out of five. One out of five I'll go also four out of five which means with Billy's
4: ten I would like to say sorry I'd like to say four I would go four as well Um, I got a bit too excited by the big time Billy
1: (laughs) Billy you've said ten previous have said four and Jack said three that gives us 25 average out between the five of us it means this is a five out of five show which makes me very happy uh, to end (laughs) Steiner math for you all but it's time to say goodbye Billy thank you very much for, for being on tonight it's been a pleasure
4: I'm I'm sorry to all the room Studio fans out there. Thank you. Yeah, Billy hates Ray. <laughs>
1: Hashtag it. Billy hates Ray. Chris, pleasure as always, my man.
3: Two things. One, David, thank you so much for having us on your retirement party. Can we get a clap for Mr. David Campbell, ladies and gentlemen? Stop, stop. Uh, we'll and see you thing. in about two months when the money runs out.
1: <laughs> Stevie said he'll give me the credit card for good this time, so it looks like a final goodbye. But anyway, we'll see. What was your second thing?
3: Uh, I looked it up. Uh, Ruby Studio's from uh, California, so English is probably his first language. Well, he's bad at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the question on the edge of everyone's lips. Jack Graham. Always, always a pleasure, Milan. Always a
0: pleasure. Uh, thank you, thank you. We've we've got we've got two years to doing this over the past year of of ESSR and Sunday Draft Live, and I will say it's been my pleasure to do these do these shows with you. And I, I look forward to the day after WrestleMania. And I can unfriend you in Facebook.
1: Oh, I'm sure <laughs> it has been a pleasure for you, and I will say you're welcome. Hey, Gary, <laughs> Gary, this is not goodbye, merely farewell until the next time. You call me down to your house, you know. We'll see. See you. I'll see you soon, my man. I'll see you soon.
2: Well, I look forward to a Playboy pillow fight, David, and <sighs> I look forward to your return to the podcast, probably around about SummerSlam
3: time. <laughs> Am I that predictable, now? <laughs> he's away. He's away to get his hip done, like Undertaker. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> I've just lost my smile, um, but it's. Um... <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness this is um, the final feature show I'll be on so I wouldn't leave you with anything you know too profound all I will say to you is don't go chasing waterfalls enjoy ESSR and I'll see you later on goodbye
0: hello I am Jack Graham I am Scott McLeod and I'm David Hockney and you can catch us most in one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can share
4: in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of our Saturday Draft.
0: As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms.